0: Welcome back to Cancer Perspective. Thank you for joining us. We are now in the month of October. The cancer awareness topics are breast cancer, metastatic breast cancer, and liver cancer. Today we're going to combine both breast cancer and metastatic breast cancer. Breast cancer can happen in any person who has any breast tissue, which includes all of us. Approximately 1 in every 8 females will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. It is the second most commonly diagnosed cancer among those assigned female at birth after skin cancer. Those assigned male at birth have a less than 1% lifetime risk of developing breast cancer, unless it runs in their families or there's a genetic link that puts them at higher risk. Breast cancer is usually divided between ductal or lobular carcinomas. Most breast cancers start in the epithelial cells or the cells that line the organs and tissues throughout the body. That's adenocarcinoma that we've talked about. Adenocarcinoma starts in ducts, like the milk ducts or the lobules, glands in the breast that make the milk. So those will be the two most common that you hear, ductal or lobular. It can start with stage 0 or in situ, meaning it's in one area alone. Ductal carcinoma, for example, would be abbreviated DCIS. It's a kind of a precancer starting in that milk duct, or LCIS, the lobular carcinoma in situ starts in the glands that produce the milk. Then there is invasive or infiltrating breast cancer, and that is a cancer that has started its plan to spread to surrounding tissues. Invasive ductal carcinoma is by far the most common, about 70 to 80% of all breast cancers. There is a kind of cancer called an inflammatory breast cancer. The cancer starts to clog areas and make the breast look extremely inflamed and painful. It's more rare. It's about 1% to 5% of all breast cancers. There's also Paget's disease, angiocarcinomas, and phyllodes tumor. These are all much more rare and are treated just a little bit differently based on the anticipation for aggressiveness. Breast cancer is also divided into hormone receptor status. Estrogen or progesterone or ER or PR status, if it's positive or it's negative, I like to think of it as what's feeding the cancer. Estrogen-positive disease uses estrogen made within the body to help grow and divide the cells. So treatment for an estrogen-positive breast cancer would be to decrease the amount of estrogen the body's able to make or an anti-estrogen medication. And then there's also HER2 or her 2 new. That's a specific protein that can also be implicated in feeding those cancer cells. So ER ER-positive, PR-positive, and her 2 new positive disease would be called triple-positive. The good thing about triple-positive disease is that there are treatments at decreasing of the amount of the natural made estrogen, progesterone, and HER2 made by the body. We can target those very proteins in order to increase the chance of the ability to treat the cancer. On the other hand, a triple-negative breast cancer is aggressive and invasive. The cells don't have the ER, PR, or make much or any of the HER2. Triple-negative cancers are about 15% of all breast cancer's Metastatic breast cancer would be stage 4 breast cancer, cancer that spread outside of the breast into other organs, most commonly the lung or the bones, the brain, the liver. According to the Metastatic Breast Cancer Network, about 20 to 30% of patients diagnosed with early stage breast cancer, meaning stage 1, 2, or 3, will have their cancer return. If their original cancer returns and it was found to have spread beyond the original area, then it is considered recurrent or metastatic. About 8% of newly diagnosed breast cancers are already found to be metastatic at their original time of diagnosis. When you are treating early stage breast cancer, you are often given the most aggressive forms of treatment unless it is found to be very well contained, a DCIS or LCIS or an early stage one, surgery is usually the number one treatment for cancer, removing as much as you can and expecting to get it all. And almost always adding radiation. After radiation, people who have early stage hormone positive disease may be offered an anti-hormone type of medication to be taken for 5 maybe 10 years something like tamoxifen for people who are premenopausal or males or an aromatase inhibitor inhibiting postmenopausal sources of estrogen something like anastrozole could be an option and then the IV medication for the her 2 new protein if it's appropriate. These are monoclonal antibodies such as trastuzumab or pertuzumab, and they are usually given for a period of time, maybe a year. If you need chemotherapy on top of that, this is the type of chemotherapy that can be quite aggressive, a combination of chemotherapy that will make your hair fall out can potentially cause irritation to the lining of your mouth, your skin, your nails, and irritate your gut health. Treatment has come far enough that side effect management is more inclusive than it was 20 years ago. We do not expect patients to be vomiting on the night of treatment or being miserable the whole six months of chemotherapy. Treatment for metastatic disease may appear to be a little less aggressive. And that's usually because the focus in treating an early-stage disease is going at it with all of the guns in order to get the cure. We miss the ability to cure it once it has metastasized. So the disease is going to be around. May not be noticeable, but it'll be around And the focus is to keep it as contained as possible, and we have time for that. We have the ability to monitor and not have to be quite as aggressive. The approach is much more long-term and focused on quality of life along with the length of life and reducing the risk of a permanent unacceptable toxicity. We have discussed before in a previous episode the importance of research to the development of new cancer treatment options and the ability to cure more cancers. Anybody that is undergoing treatment should consider the availability of a research option to get the latest and the greatest treatment. This becomes even more important in metastatic disease. Metastatic breast cancer or recurrence can be seen at some surprising length of times. It can be 5 or 10 or more than 15 years outside of their original diagnosis. Several new clinical trials are looking at the effects of physical activity, weight loss, and diet on breast cancer risks. And there's clinical trials exploring the environmental causes of breast cancer for people who have a higher risk of developing breast cancer, there are some prevention studies out there looking at physical activity and optimal weight and certain nutrition plans, groups of foods or types of diets that might lower their risk. Taking anti-hormone medications such as that tamoxifen or anastrozole to decrease a person's risk. And then there are some clinical trials looking at vaccines that might help prevent certain types of breast cancer. The two highest risk factors for developing breast cancer are being born female and age. Obesity has been linked to breast cancer in both men and women. We've come a bit of a ways in the imaging of breasts in order to find cancers, And there are additional trials going on looking at very specific types of imaging for breast cancer. Screening for breast cancer includes mammograms, adding ultrasounds, or MRIs for higher risk patients that are requiring screening. Some people don't have any symptoms at all, and these screenings will catch an early cancer. But some of the signs of breast cancer are a new lump. Knowing what your normal is by doing a monthly self-exam, usually in the shower with wet, soapy hands running along your breast tissue into your armpit area, can be extremely helpful to get to know what your normal is. If you find a new lump in your breast or armpit area, no matter where you are on the time for your next mammogram, or if you are somebody who's never had a mammogram, you bring that to your healthcare provider. You can have an area within your breast tissue that thickens. You can have a dimpling or a pucker, even a pulling away. Cancer, as it's growing and grabbing onto nearby tissue and distorting the normal tissue, you can find nipple retraction or puckering within the skin. You can have nipple discharge that looks like blood or even milk if your cancer is pushing on the ducts or the glands. If you're looking in the mirror and one breast looks larger than the other or the shape has changed... There could be something distorting it on the inside. And pain. You can get pain because you have a clogged duct or you have an infection or an ingrown hair. These can happen. But if the pain is persistent and you don't know what it is, you should have a provider evaluate your tissue. A male or female diagnosed with breast cancer is a survivor from the moment of diagnosis. Depending on the surgery or how you feel about your self-image, this can be a life-altering cancer for just about anyone. Some people may be wanting to know if they can get pregnant after breast cancer. Can they still breastfeed? What about second cancers after breast cancer? It's important to have conversations up front with your providers to understand what your risks could potentially be for additional cancers and what kind of upfront knowledge do you need to have in order to reach whatever goals that you may have, particularly pregnancies. You will need follow-up for many years after breast cancer Some people may be surprised at not getting specific imaging for somebody who may have had all of their breast tissue removed or a mastectomy. And then mammograms and ultrasounds and breast MRIs are usually once a year. If you are put on hormonal type therapy, you'll need to pay attention to your bone health as our hormones have an implication on our strength that we can maintain. That's why as we age, you see men and women become more frail. They're losing their ability to build more bone. So if you're taking an aromatase inhibitor like an for example, you'll probably get bone density tests to make sure that you are maintaining your bone health. You'll be instructed to make sure you are doing weight-bearing exercise in order to keep the bones and the muscles healthy and get plenty of calcium and vitamin D within your diet. If not within your diet, then be taking a supplement to enhance that. You will hear a lot about breast cancer in the month of October. There are several organizations out there that have helped make breast cancer awareness a huge upfront topic. Breast Cancer Awareness Month started when the first lady, Betty Ford, was diagnosed with breast cancer while her husband was in office. She very bravely allowed her diagnosis to help educate the public and make it a more normal conversation rather than a previously hidden conversation about breast cancer. Organizations such as Susan G. Komen or Komen.org offer excellent information and education and awareness opportunities. Susan G. Komen has a helpline where you can call 1-877-GO-KOMEN, K-O-M-E-N, or helpline at komen.org. And of course, the Metastatic Breast Cancer Network, or MBCN.org, offer education and resources as well along with my usual go-tos of the American Cancer Society, or cancer.org, and the National Cancer Institute, or cancer.gov, offer excellent resources and education as well. The breast cancer ribbon color is pink. The metastatic breast cancer ribbon color is a combination of green, teal, and pink. Living with metastatic breast cancer has come quite a long way over the past 20 years. It is possible to have a good quality of life for many years while battling metastatic breast cancer. Each individual will have their own concerns and challenges, and having the diagnosis of cancer in the back of your mind at all times is an uncomfortable thought but it is possible for quite a few people to remain healthy, active, and even continue to work during this time. Many survivors would benefit from a cancer support group and a rehabilitation support group. Rehabilitation may include physical therapy, occupational therapy, career counseling, pain management, nutrition planning, maintaining control over what you can control during this time support your brothers and sisters with breast cancer by wearing your pink teal and green and remember to take care and spread kindness